Love It or Leave It is brought to you by Angels Envy. Envy is commonly regarded as a vice, but it can be a good thing. Envy can be a catalyst for creation, inspiring the world to raise the bar. And Angels Envy is a bourbon that is worth the envy. Angels Envy bends the rules. It's a little different from all the other bourbons out there because Angels Envy is the pioneer of secondary finishing in bourbon. Angels Envy is finished in port barrels, which adds a layer of complexity to the whiskey and gives it a unique and approachable flavor. Plus, Angels Envy is one of the first full production urban distilleries in downtown Louisville. And whether it's for someone special or to bring to a housewarming party, Angels Envy makes the perfect gift. These angels are so, they have so much envy with its unique bottle design. Angels Envy bourbon finished in port barrels is sure to be the envy of any bar cart too. Look for Angels Envy bourbon finished in port barrels. Please drink responsibly. Copyright 2024, Angels Envy bottled by Louisville Distilling Company, Louisville, Kentucky. It is so nice to be at the Ryman Auditorium. How you guys doing? There's a lot of people on Twitter who think that they are crossing the Delaware every single day. And that was bad enough, but now some of them, they got off of that little boat crossing the Delaware on the ice, and now they're storming Normandy. And the thing is, you're not at all. I really am starting to think that Twitter is a lot like Inception. And let me tell you what I mean. How many of you saw the film Inception? Your mind is the scene of the crime. Now, the movie Inception you're watching people and they're breaking into vaults and they're fighting avalanches and they're fighting in elevators and they're blowing shit up and it's action-packed. But from the outside, it is a movie about six people taking a nap on a plane. <laughs> if you're on Twitter, oh, you're mixing it up, you're fighting with villains, you're making good points, you're fighting back against the bad points, you're pointing out bad points, you're saying, can't believe this person said that. I'm too good of a person to say that. I say better stuff. Like this person, this, that. It's awesome. We're winning. We're losing. I hate myself. I gotta check it again. And you're doing it every two minutes. And it's like, you're mowing down villains and then you're, you're running and you're using a snowmobile to run a little cord <laughs> to get the, uh, the amorphous bad guys to fly off of their snowmobiles on the inside. But here's what you're actually doing while you're doing that. <laughs> you're sitting perfectly still on your phone, waiting online at Chipotle. <laughs> that is why Twitter is Inception. Uh, <laughs> oh, look at that little, little stand-up. Huh, came out of nowhere. It's easy. Uh, we, <laughs> we're at the Ryman Auditorium, the original home of the Grand Ole Opry. Biggest names in country and bluegrass have all performed here. Hank Williams, Johnny Cash, and now a gay Jew from Long Island to talk about the news. 
We have a fantastic show. I do want to remind everyone here that Hysteria, new podcast from Crooked Media. Everybody should subscribe. I've heard the, the test episodes are awesome. Aaron Ryan, who is a fantastic guest on Love It or Leave It, a wonderful, incredibly funny writer. She's awesome. She's going to host it. And she's going to be joined by Alyssa Mastromonaco, Blair Imani, Grace Para, Kieran Deal, Megan Gailey, and Ziwe Fumido. So we've got this incredible group of women hosting this show, and it's going to be fantastic. It launches Thursday, June 28th, so you can subscribe to it now. Um, I'm going to welcome our panel. She's a strategist who rose to prominence during her time as press secretary for the Bernie Sanders campaign. She's a crooked media contributor, dear friend of the pod, icon, the fantastic Simone Sanders. Hi, Simone. Greeting. Happy to be here. <laughs> Are my friends from the coffee shop here? Where are my coffee shop, homegirls? Hey! I made friends today. I haven't made a friend in a year. <laughs> I, oh, stop it. I know. We're all friends. It's good. She's in a... <laughs> She's an award-winning journalist and senior reporter covering criminal justice at The Intercept. She recently won the Innocence Network Award for her work covering wrongful convictions. Please welcome Liliana Segura. Hi. Thank you for being here. Hi. How nice to have you. Nice to be here. This is, I mean, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm at the Ryman. I've seen so many shows here, and I'm, this is special. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> What if actually this is a nightmare and a guitar is about to be handed to you and then we leave and everyone you went to elementary school is here? I'll work with it. I'll make it work. Cool. Yeah. He's a host of the Road to Now podcast, a history professor at Middle Tennessee State University and a comedian. Please welcome Dr. Benjamin Sawyer. Hi, Dr. Ben. How are you, sir? I'm good. How are you? Fabulous. Good. Good, good, good. I live in Nashville, so I'm like always here on the stage. You're always playing the Ryman? Always. Look at this place. It's cool as hell. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Let's get into it. What a fucking terrible week. The Trump administration's decision to separate migrant children from their families has been happening for a few weeks now, but it finally broke through the public consciousness in part after ProPublica obtained leaked audio from inside these child detention centers, these basically prisons for children. It was horrific to listen to. Because of that audio, public support for the practice plummeted to around 27%, which is um, still way too high. Uh, <laughs> The Trump administration tried everything to deflect blame. They called it fake news. They blamed the Democrats. They said only Congress could fix it, uh, to even quoting Bible verses that were also used to justify slavery. Um, in the end, in part because of incredible journalism and the activism of people on the ground, Republicans using human children as a negotiating tactic so Trump could build a dumb fucking wall was exposed for what it was. Homeland Security Secretary... Kirsten Nielsen, is that right? There's That's so many right. J's in it. Kirsten Nielsen. Kirsten Nielsen. Uh, she went out on a limb to defend the policy and then got booed out of a Mexican restaurant before she was able to finish <laughs> her virgin blueberry margarita. People may point out that she didn't want the Trump administration to enact this policy to begin with, but I will point out that she made her cruel, racist, inhuman bed 
that pretended there was no bed, then said the bed was actually only sort of made, then that Democrats made her make the bed, then that she actually said the bed is good and Democrats want to give your bed to brown people. The audacity of not only her, but Stephen Miller to be in a Mexican restaurant this week. What the total fuck? When I saw that, I was like, you gotta be kidding me. They want our culture, but they just don't want us. So Trump announced that he was reversing the policy that he said like within the previous 24 hours that he actually didn't have the power to reverse, yet he did it or claimed he wanted to do it or that he would kind of do it. Trump's executive order doesn't actually do nearly as much as what they claim. Uh, not only is there no plan to reunite the 2,300 kids with their families, but many people are quietly admitting they wouldn't even begin to know how to start to reconnect their families. And many immigration scholars think the Trump administration is going to try to indefinitely detain these people despite the fact that the law says that that is illegal. Um, Simone, I'll start with you. Where do we go from here? Uh, you know, there were headlines across the country saying Trump ends family separation policy. No, I saw one in the airport when I got here last night. What do those headlines mean? When, when you see a headline like that, what does that tell you? I, I think it tells me that the media doesn't fully grasp the entire concept. Some folks in the media, not everybody. But to say that Trump ended the family, ended the policy is absolutely not true. Now, he said that there would be no more family separations, but the fact of the matter is the family separations come because of the zero tolerance policy. So if they're still uh, prosecuting folks criminally, then the kids will still be separated from their families at the border. I mean, Donald Trump even said this. I don't, was he in the Oval Office and he was like, you know, the people still gonna be separated, so I don't really know. He went on one of those rants he goes on and he tells us what he really, really thinks. And then they, they usher the cameras out of the room. Um, very quickly, you can hear the press person in the back like, all right, all right, wrap it up, wrap it up, all right, all right. Yeah. <laughs> And like, oh, God, he's gone off the rail. Yeah. Grandpa fascist needs his Diet Coke. <laughs> Literally, they're like, okay, 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 no, no, no more. Okay, all right, all right, thank you. Okay, okay. So, I mean, look, I think folks are just waiting. Like, the, the press kills me sometimes when they're like, you know, this is the day. Donald Trump, he made an about face. He didn't make an about face. He didn't apologize. The administration didn't apologize. They still go into Mexican restaurants. And I just, I just don't know what to do. Yeah, I mean, well, there's, so I think there's two pieces of this that make it false to say that he ends the policy. One, you haven't ended the family separations until you give the 2,000 children back to their parents, which it's not clear that... They clearly haven't made that a priority, but also it's not clear that all these kids will ever be reunited with their families. There may be kids that never see their parents again, which is permanent and lasting harm above and beyond the permanent and lasting harm that has already been done to young children put in these tender age shelters. That's the first part. The second part is it has been incredibly difficult just as someone trying to read and understand the news so that I could talk about it to figure out what the Trump administration's position actually is. And I think that is a combination, as always, of their malevolence and incompetence. It is the malevolence of, we can't trust anything they say. Um, they lie to each other and to us on a regular basis. But on top of that, it is also the fights within the Trump administration playing out all the time. Liliana, you write about criminal justice a lot of this is going to play out, not in the public eye, but in the courts. So a lot of what it actually means for Trump to say, I will end family separation, is going to play out um, in cases as 
whether it's parents or immigrants' rights groups, sort of take this into the uh, judicial system. How do you imagine that playing out, or, or what do you see happening now that gives you a sense of what will end up happening to these kids and to people detained uh, right now? My experience in criminal justice and in covering these issues for years has taught me not to look to the courts for sort of justice in any kind of broad sense. You know, this is why when Stephanie Teatro talks about the need to organize, you know, it's people on the ground who need to be showing up for communities and criminalized communities. I think that's number one, number one. Um, the other thing I just want to say, you know, as, as I've been thinking about this, I went down to Montgomery for the opening of the um, Equal Justice Initiative's new memorial and monument. Really important that everybody go um, because talk about, you know, sort of our, our need to sort of contextualize and know our own history. Uh, uh, th- this is what that, that monument and memorial are, uh, and, and museum are all about. And it, so this is a museum. The museum itself, uh, the, it's called the Legacy Museum, and it sort of draws the, the link between um, from mass enslavement to mass incarceration, right? And, and Brian Stevenson, the founder of EJI, uh, basically makes the case that, you know, all of the issues that we're seeing now with, you know, criminalized communities based you know, black and brown communities. I mean, we can trace back to the origin of this country. So when we talk about this is in our country and what's happening to America, I mean, this is our country. It's been our country. We have to know our own history and think really deeply about where these roots are. Um, all of which is to say, you walk into the Legacy Museum and not, you know, no spoilers, we know how it went. I mean, you walk in and the first thing, the first thing you see C is a sign that says you are standing in a space where, where slaves were warehoused. This is a literal slave uh, warehouse. And what struck me this last time that I went were these testimonials from families describing how their uh, children were taken away in the process of being, you know, of, during the, the, the slave trade. And it, so it resonated. I mean, how would it not resonate in the context, you know, th- this is happening as, as we're seeing this play out. And the parallels are so painful, but they're so, so important that we, we po- be cognizant of. Um, and so, and then later on in the museum, you see, you know, after emancipation, you see the ads that were taken out in black uh, newspapers, uh, people seeking to be reconnected with their loved ones. Um, So it's so important. I think about this all the time because I cover incarceration in the sort of criminal justice context, not necessarily specifically to immigration, but these are all connection points that are so critical to sort of understanding our own history and not allowing, whether it's the media or Trump, you know, to gaslight us and say, you know, this has never happened. However we sort of articulate it, uh, this is who we've been and we need to to fight, you know, back in, in, in a broader way, in a sustained way. So, Ben, speaking to the history, You've seen a lot of parallels drawn. You've seen references to internment camps. You've seen Fox News say, they think Trump's Hitler. He's not Hitler. He's so funny. Uh, that, that is basically a summary of what Tucker Carlson said. I, pretty much. Is it totally intellectually honest? No. Is he? No. So, whatever. Ben. Do you think these historical parallels are justified? And do you worry that we're seeing the first step of something worse? Or do you think that that is an overblown reaction? Well, uh, first of all, I should say that I think you have to take responsibility for your action. And I think we're taking responsibility for annexing Texas. <laughs> you, can, uh, you can thank your boy Polk for that. He's buried like two miles that way. You can go. <laughs> Pour your 40 out on his grave tonight if you want to. That is some intra-South stuff that I'm going to let go right by. <laughs> Welcome to town, love it. It's great to have you. 
here's what I see, all right? So many times in American history, immigration has become a hot point, right? And what it is, is you know, you can, you can go back. I mean, there were debates in the early republic about whether or not to let French people in. Uh, there was a whole party in the 1850s called the Know Nothing Party on the basis of keeping people out, dealing with that. You see this time and time again. Trump said, Know Nothing, I can beat that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think, like, the thing to remember <clears throat> when you're looking at history is we've had these times where immigration has become a hot point politically, right? I mean, you know, 1881, we have the Chinese Exclusion Acts. We have, you know, ethnic-based quotas from, from the 1920s until, until literally 1965 when we passed a non-ethnic-based quota system that went into effect in, in 1968. So this has always been a hot point, right? But I think the thing we always have to remember, and I think this is where history is useful, is that when you're talking about blaming a group of people for anything, it's a way for people in power to pit working people against other working people. It's always been like that. You can look at the, the riots, right, in, in New York City in 1863. There are riots uh, when, when the draft goes into effect for the Union Army. And, and what's the heart of that? Well, uh, Irish people rise up because they don't want to go fight with the, for the Union in the Civil War because they think they're going to free black folks and black folks are going to come take their jobs. Does that sound familiar? Yeah. Well, what it was was that, you know, the, the, the Irish people were treated like dirt. Black people were treated even worse than that. And so when the Irish people would go on strike and try to get a better living, well, what would happen? The, the, the people that owned the, the workplaces would, would march black people in there in front of them. They'd start fighting each other, and the people in power would wipe their hands off and move on with their day. So this is not a new thing. We just have to be aware that this is a strategy of power that has gone on for as long as our, as our country has existed and be smarter than that. I think that is very well said. And... and one of the tools Trump has obviously employed to divide people in this way is racist appeals, referring to, to, to sort of painting all people trying to come into this country, many of whom are seeking asylum, many are coming out of simple desperation, many because we've spent a generation telling people that you can come to this country and if you make it in, you can be undocumented and you'll be a second-class citizen, but you can work and build a life and maybe build a life for your family. And we have built an extra-legal system that said you can do that. But one of the ways he has demagogue people and made people afraid is by pointing to MS-13 and saying that is why we need this zero tolerance policy. But one thing I wanted to point out is that crossing the border illegally for the first time is a misdemeanor, a federal misdemeanor. It's often punishable by a fine. The civil penalty for a first-time offender is at least $50 and not more than $250. That's the level we're dealing with when we talk about zero tolerance when they're talking about justifying removing parents from their children. Here are some other federal misdemeanors. Getting a DUI in a national park. <laughs> Importing dangerous reptiles. Importing invasive plant species. Issuing a counterfeit weather forecast. <laughs> Unlawful alteration of wine labels. And listen to this one. Using Smokey Bear or his slogan, only you can create forest fires, for commercial purposes without government permission. <laughs> so if someone tells you that this is a Republican following the law properly, ask them if they think we should be ripping people away from their families for messing with the wine label uh, or misusing Smokey the Bear, and then ask them why Jared Kushner, who lied on his security forms over and over, yeah. which is a felony, is walking the streets. Zero tolerance. 
is bullshit. They claim all kinds of things, right? That, oh, it's deterrent, it's not a deterrent. It's leverage, it's not leverage. But over and over again, there has been an underlying claim that Donald Trump is sowing this destruction to create pressure for some kind of an endgame. That was true. He said that about the Iran deal. They said that about DACA. They said that about healthcare and, and, and destabilizing the markets. And now they said that about immigration. But over and over again, A, they don't give a shit. They want the issue. Destruction is the goal. But B, they never, even on their own terms, they've never actually succeeded in using the leverage of Donald Trump's cruelty to get anything done because, once again, they can't pass an immigration bill, forget through the House, they can't pass something through the Republican caucus, let alone something that could pass the House and the Senate. They have absolutely no ability to do that. They couldn't do that on a DACA deal when Democrats said, build your fucking wall, just save these, save these dreamers, and Trump walked away because Stephen Miller said, no, they're brown. Um, because he's a white nationalist. Because he's a white nationalist. So the other thing I would take away from this is the point that Ben made, I think, is really important, which is this is a way to pit working people against working people. But we have to get everybody to come out to vote together for Democrats in the fall to actually have a chance of passing something akin to a humane immigration policy. It is the only way. And, you know, we've said this before, but, you know, Donald Trump wants to remind white people that they're white, but we need to remind them that they're working. And we need to remind, and we need to build a coalition out of black and brown and white people who are working in this country. And, and I, I think it goes to empathy. I think it goes to the simple level of empathy of looking someone in the eyes and saying, what would it take for you to just pack up and you and your kid go and just go off on, across the frontier and try to go somewhere else? I mean, I think when you think about it, if you have kids or you can even imagine that, the thing is, like, what would it take for you just to leave everything behind and just take a risk? It would take a lot. And I think when you think about that, not from the perspective of being white, but from, the, from the, this, this unifying thing, which is like being a parent or just loving somebody that you know, right? I think that changes it, and that, that's a great equalizer. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and can I just add, not letting, not letting the laws as we've written them and imposed them define people's humanity, you know, this idea that... We have felons, not families, is really a problem, and I think we need to completely alter that mindset. And 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 you know, even those who break the law have families. I mean, this is this is so fundamental. We have to know this. We have to remember that. Yeah, and to your larger point about criminal justice, before you can be a country that's ripping children from parents at the border, you have to first allow yourself to become a country that incarcerates more people per capita than any place on earth, and you have to allow the kind of racial demagoguery of Donald Trump to achieve success, not just in the presidency, but in Congress, in a place where Steve King can be a member of Congress in Iowa and be treated not just like a normal person, but as a kingmaker and as someone to take photos with. So I, I think this, this has exposed something, and I think the point that Ben made is a, is a good one, which is just remember to be, that we're on the side of empathy. Oh. Sorry, guys. All right. It's terrible. Also, F the law, okay? No, I'm serious. You know what? It was, slavery was, at one point, the law. Uh, segregation was at one point the law. Women not being able to vote at one point was the law. So for everyone that says, oh, it's the, they're, they're crossing the border, it's the law, they should know it's the law, F the law, because unjust law is no just law at all. We'll leave it there when we come back. Okay, stop. Hey, don't go anywhere. There's more of Love It or Leave It coming up. 
Love It or Leave It is brought to you by WikiHole on Wondery. Do you know when Crystal Pepsi was discontinued, what was in Al Capone's vault, or which famous meteorologist is Lenny Kravitz's second cousin? If not, then you haven't spent enough time on Wikipedia, but that's okay, because you can learn all about it on the new podcast, WikiHole from Smartless Media. Discover the craziest rabbit holes on Wikipedia with host Darcy Carden and her favorite comedian friends as they bring the cyber frontier directly to your tympanic membrane. We love Darcy. Love Darcy. And if you listen to WikiHole, you learn that is the sciencey term for eardrum. WikiHole is a hyperlink roller coaster, starting out on one Wikipedia page and then going from link to link to link, careening through trivia, oddities, and unexpected connections until everyone wonders how the hell did we get here. Follow WikiHole on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to WikiHole ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. And we're back! Now for a game we call OK Stop. Here's how it works. We'll roll a clip. The panel can say OK Stop at any point to comment. Trump gives the worst human beings permission to be themselves. That's why whenever Fox News talks about immigration, they can't help but show us what is in their hearts. And this week, they really let it out. Let's take a look. Somebody has to deal with this issue. It doesn't matter who the president is. If you don't like his policy, he's also trying open to your policy rather than just criticizing his. He's trying to send a message to the other countries. This is not the way you do it because this is a country that has rules and laws. Okay, stop. Por- the ultimately minor point is that he's wearing a dark blue shirt and a <laughs> aqua tie under a gray suit. Um, and uh, he looks like a... Um, closeted gay mortician uh so that's obviously the that's ultimate that's the ultimately minor point yeah when he says somebody's gonna have to take responsibility for this i thought he was talking about the tie talking about the tie the penultimately minor point is that if that is true right if they were trying to send a message out to the countries you know the bush administration uh when they were trying to send a message they literally sent a message. and It was a deplorable policy. But what they did was take out ads in Central American countries saying, we're changing our policy. It's not safe for you to come. Don't send your kids, right? It's dangerous. There was an effort, a, a coherent, and I think ultimately inhumane policy, but a coherent set of people trying to achieve an end. This is, this is mean-spirited chaos, right? This is sending a completely opaque message that changes every single day. Can I just say that he ended on saying... We need to tell people that this is a nation of laws and rules. Yeah, yeah. Is it is like everyone? He's like it's also got people in it and borders, and there's some grass and hills and there's some animals as well. Entry would be one thing. We can boast of those laws, but we just can't let everybody in that wants to be here. And this is these are not like it or not. These aren't our kids. Show them compassion. But it's not like he's doing this to the people of Idaho. Okay, stop. Okay, stop. Oh, so the kids in Idaho. Are better than the the kids from Guatemala. This is mm, this is mm, mm. that's all I can muster. Mm. No, I, I think every kid south of the American border was like, and thank God we're not your kid, dude. Thank you. I guess sometimes it is worth spelling out why something is obviously terrible. Because there are no brown kids in Idaho. Well, that's certainly yeah. Sure, that's absolutely obviously. I think that's under all of this. But also, these aren't kids. Outside of our care, they're totally and 100% innocent. They're innocent children. Even if you believe, like, even if you believe, even if you are a conservative who believes that these are people abusing the asylum system and that ultimately America should have 
closed borders and restricting immigration, even if you believe that, it is a complete non sequitur to then say we should be less compassionate to their purely innocent children? What does that mean? Why? It makes absolutely no sense. It's just cruel. It's just racist. Because when you've convinced yourself and we've built policies on, on the idea that human beings themselves are, are illegal, that, you know, that children, you can criminalize, and once you reduce somebody be, to something less than human, you can, you can treat them however you want. And this is something that I've seen in, in writing about incarceration for years, including with juveniles. You know, we, it, it, innocence doesn't matter. They're kids. You know, we shouldn't be putting kids in cages. That's, that's what's so important to remember here. Yeah, and, and you know, Steve King... The racist Iowan who I referenced moments earlier, uh, he was trying to make this point that, ah, you know, a kid like that, they're barely kids. They're adults because of everything that they've seen. It is a, it is pure old-fashioned white nationalism, dehumanization. If you're 13, you're MS-13, basically, because you're brown and you're from there. Or, um, or uh, Texas. These are people from another country, and now people are saying that they're more important than people in our country who are paying taxes who have needs as well. Okay, stop. Who out there is saying, uh, the wrong kids are in cages. Get the Americans in cages. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> it's not like we're like, the problem isn't that the immigrant children are being treated poorly. The problem is the American children aren't being treated poorly enough. Is by my, <laughs> that's my argument. Yo, you know, he apologized today on Twitter, too, um, and was like, oh, I misspoke. I think that was very clear. Misspoke. That's like a, <laughs> a misspoke is like you, for, you dropped a, an important negative word or something, you know? <laughs> you know, like, that was a, you can't misspeak a paragraph. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like, is this you in this picture wearing a Klan robe? I misspoke. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now we have a second clip also from Fox News. Let's roll it. Border, uh, the, the detention centers are far safer than the journey that these, oh God, that these that children little... just came on. And, and I will say this, you know, it, it's, it, it, people aren't stupid. I spoke to an, some African-Americans who say, gosh, the, the conditions okay, of the Okay, stop. Now, I don't know what she about to say, but let me just be real clear with y'all. We don't say gosh. I don't know no black people that are like, gosh, golly by G. That ain't just, that's not some shit we say. It's not in our vocabulary. We do not say gosh. So that right there let me know she ain't really talked to no black people today. She, and also, she, the I have a black friend. Can we just retire that in 2018? I don't want to hear anymore. You know, I talked to I talked to Keisha the other day, and uh, Keisha and she was telling the... me they like these cages. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have a, I have a, uh, I'm not racist. I have like a really good black friend, and they <laughs> love child internment. So that's two strikes for you, two points for me. Look again, we're left with another woman to the right of her that's like, what is this world? <laughs> She also, as she's gearing up for it, you can tell she never talks about black people that often because she's just like, I talk to some uh, 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 African Americans the other day. Uh, they said, gosh. Better than some of the projects that I grew up in. Um, people are looking okay, at this and saying. Also, also, all the black people live in projects. All of them, every single one. She ain't no, no blacks that from the upper, upper, upper mid, Midwest, from the upper middle class. I she think, used to watch George and or Wheezy? I don't think she's... 
She knows nothing about she moving only on saw, up. She only saw good times. <laughs> Everything she knows is from her friends at good times. Uh, oh, thank you, TV Land. <laughs> she's like, I was talking to my friend, Florida. Um, <laughs> Let's not smear our border patrol. Uh, they're trying to do the best they can. These and children were brought here. Stop. Um, Stop. They're trying to do the best they can. Like, they were like, yo, we got these cages, man. We put roofs on them. I mean, it's $775 a night, you know? Like, that's trying the best, I guess. Like, what? How does that even make sense? Can we also, I'd like to remind y'all that the Border Patrol shot a little girl not a couple weeks ago, a little Guatemalan girl. She was walking away. I don't know if they, maybe they thought she was MS-13. I don't know. She looked threatening. But, so, they're not necessarily doing the best they can. Ugh. And that's okay, stop. When we come back, we're going to play a game. Don't go anywhere. This is Love It or Leave It, and there's more on the way. Love It or Leave It is brought to you by Fast Growing Trees. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? You can grow lemon, avocado, olive, or fig trees inside your home. On top of the wide variety of houseplants available, Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. Mike Pence should have gotten one of those after Election Day. (laughs) (laughs) The experts at Fast Growing Trees curate thousands of plants for all climates, locations, and needs. Available 24-7, you can talk to a plant expert about your soil type, landscape designs, and how best to take care of your plants. The point is, I may not have a green thumb, but that's why Fast Growing Trees is perfect for me, because it makes it so easy. Right now, they have some of the best deals online, like up to half off on select plants, and listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LOVEIT at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code LOVEIT at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code LOVEIT. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions apply. And we're back. (laughs) Kellyanne Conway, hold for applause. (laughs) In many ways, she's not only the face of the Trump administration, but she's also the face of the Trump administration's dishonesty. She's known for greatest hits like inventing a terrorist attack, creating the term alternative facts, and pioneering the art of killing the part of yourself that feels shame so that you can say or defend anything. (laughs) But there's an outside critic who is fed up with the Trump administration's chaos and mendacity. He's a prominent lawyer and conservative. He was once in the running for solicitor general under the Trump administration. He has taken to Twitter to point out the hypocrisy, criminality, and destruction of his party's leader, his name is George Conway, and he's Kellyanne Conway's husband. Now, I also want to say, we don't know shit about their marriage. I don't care about their marriage, and people are complicated, and relationships are complicated, but if my partner thought my boss was a criminal and said it publicly on the regular, it would be an issue for us. So that's why... We're going to play a game called It's My Conway or the Highway. (laughs) Would anyone out there like to play the game? Hi, what's your name? My name's Walisha. What is it? Walisha. Walisha. Walisha or Willisha? Either. 
I'm gonna go Walisha. I like it. Gosh. <laughs> Thank you. Gosh. <laughs> Thanks so much. <laughs> I've been waiting so long to do this. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Are you from Nashville? I'm actually from Alabama. You're from Alabama. A lot of people from Alabama. That's cool. How many people came up here from Alabama? Uh, anybody drive up from Mississippi? Cool. Anybody drive down from Kentucky? Wow. And we let you all cross our borders and you aren't causing any trouble. <laughs> anybody come over from Georgia? Anybody from New Jersey? Well, it's okay. Enough. Well, Alicia, are you ready to play the game? I'm so ready. Um, may I ask you a personal question? Absolutely. Are you in a relationship? Yes, I'm married. You're married. Um, to a man or a woman? To a man. And do you think uh, anyone he works with on a daily basis should be in jail, and do you tweet about it? I can't answer that question. Okay. <laughs> so, Alicia... <laughs> okay, well, Alicia. <laughs> Perfect. Honestly, honestly, leave us with a mystery. Uh... Question number one. Kellyanne Conway recently called the Mueller investigation, quote, phony baloney because collusion isn't a crime. A few days later, what did George Conway have to say? Is it A? Wow, Kellyanne, it sounds like you had a long day. Why don't you kick those sensible heels off and let me massage some eucalyptus oil into your tired arches? <laughs> or, <laughs> or is it B? Sometimes I can't decide what I love more about you, your thoughtful ideas or the caring, empathic, empathetic look in your eyes when you share them. By the way, I can watch the kids if you want to go out tonight. I feel like it's been forever since you had a go girls' night. Or is it C? It isn't very surprising to see the president tweet a meritless legal position. I'm Ooh. guessing it's C. It was. It was C. <laughs> You're one for one, Walisha. Question two. A few weeks back, there was a lot of hullabaloo about Trump's ability to pardon himself and those being investigated by Mueller. Kellyanne said, this whole exercise of whether he will pardon himself is a ridiculous question on its face. What did George Conway have to say? Is it A? He called the report that Trump might pardon two top ex-aides flabbergasting. Is it B? It was morning, and just before she was scheduled to wake, George kissed Kellyanne on the forehead and whispered into her <laughs> ear, my friends called me Borat because I'm always talking about my wife. Travis, I want you to know that I cannot believe that worked. <laughs> or is it C? He refused to take a public position, even though he knows that a self-pardon runs counter to the very idea of the rule of law, and the calling people worried about this issue ridiculous after the president floats the idea himself is so disingenuous it hurts your chest to think about it. Wow, that sounded like more than 280 characters, so I'm going to go ahead and still go with C. No, it was A. It was A. He wow. called the idea of the pardon flabbergasting. Wow, okay. Question three, Walisha. All right. Just last week, George Conway penned a long article for Lawfare entitled what? Is it A? I am very comfortable with the legal arguments being made for Trump on television. <laughs> or was the title B? What happens when your celebrity hall pass is your wife? <laughs> or was it C? The terrible arguments against the constitutionality of the Miller investigation. C. It was. It was C. Final question. Over and over, Kellyanne Conway has called the Mueller investigation a witch hunt. Which one of these is something George Conway has sent from his phone? Is it A, 
a text to Kellyanne featuring two otters holding hands. It says, text me when you're coming home and I'll get us tie or something. I figured you'd be late, so I had a small snack at 3 p.m. so we'd be able to eat together. <laughs> or is it B? He posted a Facebook video holding the Constitution and staring at the camera, holding perfectly still as the entire song Opposites Attract by Paul Abdul played in full. Or was it C? He retweeted an article where Richard Nixon called the Watergate investigation a witch hunt. Definitely C. It is. It's C. He subtweeted his wife. <laughs> Willisha, you have won the game. When we come back, you know, we'll have more, some more fun stuff, you know? Hey, don't go anywhere. There's more of Love It or Leave It coming up. When booking with other vacation rental apps sounds like this. This place doesn't look like the pictures. Ah, is there a door behind all those spiders? It's time to try one that sounds more like a vacation. Ah, this is perfect. Relax, you booked a Verbo. And we're back! Over the last week, Trump and his band of cronies and TV maniacs have been saying some truly disgusting things about parents and children Trump has been ripping apart at the border. You may be surprised not everyone thinks the Trump-branded frightened toddler warehouses are a bad thing. In fact, there are Republicans justifying his actions, some by actively dehumanizing and lying about asylum seekers and others being held. And you know what? It felt like maybe we've heard it all before. And we thought, we may, and we thought maybe you had too. So we want to play a game we are calling Trump goon or politician in X-Men who is racist against mutants. So, is Lee Snodsmith here? Is Lee Snodsmith here? Where? So, you tweeted that your son, it's his birthday, and he wants to play a game. I thought the X-Men game would be great. You're 13? Yes, I am 13 years old now. What's your name? My name is Cooper Snodsmith. I live in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. That's great. It's Cooper? Yes. Do you follow politics? Yes. <laughs> like, I'll ask my parents sometimes if I don't understand something. That's like, so... why our current president will sometimes, he'll, he'll randomly go in a hushed voice like, this is what we gotta do, man. <laughs> <laughs> I love Cooper. Oh, my God. We love God. Cooper. All right. That's so funny. <laughs> Cooper, we're glad to have you. I'm sorry about the cursing. Uh... I don't mind. Hey, I don't mind. People, you go to my school, it just happens, okay? <laughs> All right, Cooper. Here's how it works. I'm going to read you a quote, and you're going to have to tell us if it's from a Trump goon or a politician in the movie X-Men who is racist against mutants. Are you, are you familiar with the X-Men? No, I can try. Cooper. <laughs> All right, here we go. I'll try. Let's get this started. I think the American people deserve the right to decide whether they want their children to be in school with them, to be taught by them. X-Men. You got it, Cooper. Yay. When we talk about blank, what do we mean? We mean criminal organizations that turn cities and suburbs into war zones. X, no Trump. Yep, Trump. that was Jeff Sessions. You wouldn't believe how bad these people are. These aren't people, these are animals. Trump. Got That's it. Trump. They aren't human. I don't care if that sounds politically incorrect. It's the truth. Trump. 
It was oh. X-Men, Cooper. Oh. I'd ask you to go back through history and figure out where are these contributions that have been made by these other categories of people. Where did, they, where did any other subgroup of people contribute more to civilization? Trump. Yeah, that was Steve King. There are people in the government and liberal media who, for whatever reason, would like you to believe that we have nothing to fear from the blank populace. I urge the American public to wake up and see the blank menace for what it is. I'm going to go with X-Men. You got it. The American people are footing a really big bill for what is tantamount to a slow-rolling invasion of the United States. Trump. Yep, that's Trump goon Laura Ingram. Terrorism is largely blank phenomena, not exclusively, but largely with blanks and committing or attempting dozens of terrorist attacks in recent years. Trump. Yep, that's a Trump ally, Tucker Carlson, saying immigrants cause terrorist attacks. Depravity and violence are their calling cards, including br brutal attacks and beheadings. Trump. That's Sessions. And finally, the robot blew up our car. X-Men. You got it. Cooper, one final question. It's a bonus. One final bonus question. Was the phrase Operation Zero Tolerance from X-Men or the Trump campaign? Trump. Trump administration. Trump administration. Actually, it's both. Operation what? Zero Tolerance is the name of a project advanced by the evil Senator Robert Kelly in X-Men's story from 1997. It's also the name that Trump has been using to describe his immigration policy. Guys, give it up for Cooper. You've won the game. What a great kid. When we come back, the round wheel. Don't go anywhere. Just love it or leave it, and there's more on the way. Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. And we're back! Now for the rant wheel. Here's how it works. We spin the wheel wherever it lands. We rant about the topic. This week on the wheel, we have Santa Monica High School, gaming disorder, media mergers, calling instead of texting, the World Cup, Confederate monuments, Antoine Rose, and Melania in Zara. Let's spin the wheel. It has landed on Antoine Rose, which is a topic that Simone suggested. I did. So Antoine Rose is a, um, was a young African-American boy who was shot and killed by police this week. Um, he was a boy. He was absolutely a boy. He was, he, he was pulled over. He was in a car. Police pulled, he got out of the car, and the officer shot him in the back. He was unarmed. He didn't do anything, but he did get out of the car and run. And so um, there have been protests, all, and this happened in Pittsburgh. So there have been protests all throughout the city. Um, there are all these folks, all celebrities talking about they're coming into town. And I think it's just another reminder that every single day in this country, there are folks who live in fear of being ripped out of their homes, that they are undocumented. Um, there are parents who kiss their kids goodbye, put them in a vehicle, watch them drive away, and wonder if their child is going to come home at night. And Antoine Rose, uh, really, his crime was being a young black man who was scared of the police and ran away, and that cost him his life. 
Let's spin it again. It has landed on calling, not texting. <laughs> and I'm going to take a counterintuitive position. It is this. The phone is nice. And I call people. I'm one of the people that calls people. I call my friend Dan. I call Spencer. I call my mom. I call other people. Sometimes they screen it. You know what happens? I call them again. What, what, what is it? You call twice. Yeah, hey, what's up? How you doing? Just saying hi. Why didn't you text me? I didn't want to. Want to hear your voice, friend from college, in the middle of a work day? I don't believe in this tyranny of texting. You'd think calling John and Tommy, you'd think that it was like a, you'd, you'd think that I was like grabbing them by the ears and ripping them off and shouting into them. You'd think that calling, you'd, calling Tommy is like, I don't know, attacking him with a knife. What? What's happening? <laughs> They've trained me not to call them. And fair enough. But I like the phone. And I don't care so much for texting all the time. And I don't care. Call each other at random. Just do it. Take the phone back. It's a still call the phone. It's not called a texter. Spin it again. It has landed on Confederate. It has landed on Confederate monuments, which was suggested by Dr. Ben Sawyer. Oh yes, it was. You know, guys, a lot of historians will tell you that uh, that the Civil War was about slavery. They're right. 100%. People will say it's about state rights, states' rights. And uh, ask them to list the rights. It's just the right to own slaves. Like, that's, that's all of them. All right, I'm going to let you in on that. And then people keep on trying to defend it. They say, well, you got to respect the Confederate soldier. But I'll tell you, you don't. Here's why. Fought one war, fucking lost. I'm angry about this because on my campus at Middle Tennessee State University, we have a building named after Nathan Bedford Forrest. It is the ROTC building. And this drives me crazy because I've got so many great students that are in ROTC. Some of them are black students. And you know what the Confederacy was trying to do? Kill people in the army that they're in. That's what it was. It was about breaking down this system. And, and people try to, try to push off, like, you know, Forrest being the, the grand dragon of the KKK. It's like, you can't push that off. They're like, yeah, but he was a great general. Yeah, he was a great general. If it weren't for him, then... Shit, they lost, didn't they? <laughs> so... So what I want you guys to do, if you live in Tennessee, we got a historical commission here in the state. We actually voted at MTSU to change this fucking building's name. 
and they stopped us. Your small government Republicans in Nashville stopped the people of my campus from changing the name of something that destroys, that destroys everything good about the American past and makes brilliant young people feel bad. I'm the third great grandson of a Confederate soldier. All right? The great thing about America is not having to be what your freaking great grandfather was. And, and I'll end on saying this. I'll end on saying this. My, great my third great grandfather was conscripted into the Confederate Army in January of 1865. By April of 1865, they could not find him because he abandoned like 30 to 50% of the Confederate Army. Almost half the Confederate Army was through with the Civil War before it was over. I think it's time we are too. That's great. I think, I think that's a great place to leave it. I want to end on a high note, as we do. I think it's really inspiring. We've got a kid like Cooper here who cares and who's paying attention. We saw Stacey Abrams yesterday uh, in Atlanta. Uh, people came out and responded when they saw what Trump was doing at the border. You know, I think a lot of us feel every day like the rules of politics have been abandoned, but not all of them. And enough of the rules are still there that we can win. It's inspiring to see how much have, people have donated. Uh, I think over $15 million went to Raices in just the week, in just, just to, to help them uh, help people at the border. Um, and I think our great challenge is how do we turn our anger but also our enthusiasm into votes? And I think we can do it, and we have to fight every day to do it. You have to win this Senate seat uh, in, in Tennessee. And um, I hope, you know, there's a lot of debate about whether or not we are going to, you know, what does it politically mean that these images are on television? But I, forget the politics of it. It means we have to win uh, because we have to send a message that this is not the country we want to be. And I agree with you when people say, this is not who we are. What we do is exactly who we are. Every time. It's true for people and it's true for a country. It is who we are. But we have to change who we are. We have to change the people in power. And um, we have to stop letting them pit working people against each other, as Ben said. And we have to do whatever Simone, whatever Simone has told the DNC and the DCCC and any D organization to do, they should just fucking do it. All right? Whatever Simone says goes... That is our show. I want to thank Simone Sanders, Liliana Segura, Dr. Benjamin Sawyer, Ryman Auditorium, and the city of Nashville. Thank you so much. Good night. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free.